You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 945 of the Locked On Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland. And today's podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. You found part two of Brian Schroeder and I's conversation about the NBA draft. I dropped both of these at basically the exact same time on Sunday evening into Monday. This is part two, so if you missed part one, it is still available in the feed. Brian and I talked in part one about a lot of like the mid-round guys in the first round, as well as some of our favorites, some late first-round guys, some second-round guys. Um, Fun conversation there with Brian, and then the one that you're about to listen to, part two, is going to be mostly on the top five or six guys in this class. Your Kid Cunningham's, your Evan Mobley's, those kind of guys. So a fun conversation to be had here. I do want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. We will do some draft stuff right now. Later on, um, we'll get back into the Hawks, of course, as they start playing games again. But if you're a listener to this podcast for a long time, you will know that once the season ends, we're pretty much a draft podcast almost exclusively from that point until the draft. Um, it's obviously a little, bit, a little bit different now that the Hawks are more competitive. But I will try to intersperse some draft talk between now and then. Um, but, you know, full full steam ahead once the season ends. And I really, really enjoy the draft. Something I'm passionate about. I try to have a bunch of guests on. Brian is one of the more prominent ones. One of the more uh, frequent ones, anyway, that's been on the podcast. But, you know, your friends like Sam Vecini has been on this podcast before. Ricky O'Donnell has been on this podcast before. Uh, Coles Wickard, now who works for a team, uh, is, was formerly on this podcast. Uh, ben Pfeiffer, Max Carlin, all kinds of people that talk about the draft on a regular basis will be on the show. Jackson Frank, I should mention as well. So, Plenty of options, and uh, please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends. Please rate, review, all of that fun stuff, and I appreciate all of the support. All right, before we dive into part two with Brian, it's a carryover for part one. Again, one more time there. Um, a word from our sponsors on the podcast today, and the first of which is rockauto.com. One key reason to repair and maintain your own car is to save money. You can use it for other important things like paying the mortgage or paying for food or whatever else you want to use it for. And honestly, why would you want to pay more money the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership when you instead can use rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules and brake pads to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet, whether it's for your classic car or your daily driver. Get everything you need, just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always low and they're always the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers, so why spend twice as much for the exact same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. When you get there, you want to write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, Brian, we're back. It is part two of two, discussing the NBA draft here on at the All-Star break, early March, etc. We talked about some uh, you know scattered guys that you like, that we don't like as much in the part one. This part two will be more of the bigger names. So people uh, always like that, I'm sure. Before we get to the like top five, six guys, I want to ask you about some like more Hawks rangey guys um, in that you know late lottery to potentially top 15, 17 range. The guy that I've said for a long time that is probably my probably my favorite in that range is Moses Moody, and it feels like he might be getting above that range for some people, which mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't mind. He's he's very good, but uh, the Arkansas wing. Do you do you like Moses Moody? It sounds like it sounds like you do. 
Yeah, I love Moses Moody. I've been a fan of his for a long time. He's basically been like a even like a just advanced version of what I thought he would be. He was a guy who um the real question with him as a prospect was like how would he handle being more of a focal guy because that that Mont, on that Montverde team he was the fifth guy in the starting lineup. Cuz Daron Sharp is the Hulk and Scotty Barnes had the ball all the time. Caleb Caleb Houston is an elite shooter and then like there's some other guy they had who had the ball a lot. Um so Moody just kind of ran around and spotted up and like the question was like how would he handle having the ball? And what it is is he's not a like an elite ball handler. He just is like a He's just one of those guys who gets to the line a lot and is a very good shooter, foul shooter. So, yeah, he's been great. The defense has been really good. He just looks like a plug-and-play 3-and-E guy. Um, Not like Vassell was more of a weirdo, but kind of that of just like I think he's going to be pretty solid pretty quickly of like 6'6-ish, long arm, like good wingspan, good athlete. Not overwhelming really at anything, but just like a should be a playable wing pretty quickly. And has it is young enough to have enough upside to like enough low level star upside that he's going to be top ten for me. I feel like, yeah, he's in my top ten for sure. In my uh, my very very early working board, and he's someone I would just like. To, I'm just like disposed to liking, so that's not a huge surprise. I'm sure people listening to this podcast. Um, the guy I want to start with after that is is Jalen Johnson, who was in the news for not being a Duke anymore. Uh, but taking all of that out of the equation. He's kind of a weird player too, uh, not in a bad way, but just kind of an odd player. Now that he's out of sight, out of mind, it'll be interesting to sort of see how he's discussed in the next three, four months because he's not. I mean, he still played at Duke. There's there was him. He was on film. It happened, but then he mm-hmm. left the program and all that. So, are, do you think of him as a lottery guy, or you mean, do you? You mean he? You mean he betrayed Duke? Yeah, I don't. I don't want to get betrayed in. I mean, college it's, basketball. Yeah, it's very silly. Um, but that, that is out there, though. For, for better or worse, you are going mm-hmm. to hear that about Jalen Johnson uh, mm-hmm. from now until the end of time, potentially. Uh, do you like Jalen Johnson as a lottery guy, or are you a little bit more yeah. skeptical after what we saw? Yeah, uh, lower lower end lottery, but the production was, was, was the production. It just didn't go game to game. He took himself out of a lot of games, both with just stupid fouls and just like, I mean, the, the just lazy play, like just kind of loitering around. But the talent was, I mean, he, he's a legit six nine like actual passer great weak side shot blocker great rebounder just like gets the ball a lot but has some trouble creating it's kind of a one two cut like one two step jump dunk guy and like kind of has to have he kind of has to have the team revolve around him a little bit to be effective right now but i think he should go in the lottery i hope he goes to somewhere like toronto or I mean, San Antonio, somewhere that's like a really strong development system, because like the, the skill level is the, the, the I don't know, the skill level is the wrong word. The talent, the basketball talent is obvious, and like unless he's got his off the court stuff, but it, to, it from what I've heard, it mostly just sounds like he's just kind of prickly and he likes to smoke weed. It's like worse worse players have got worse players have persevered through worse accusations than that, <clears throat> and like maybe. Maybe he Wade Baldwin's himself out of the league, but Wade Baldwin was a six foot nine. If Wade Baldwin was six nine, maybe he'd still be playing in the NBA. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. Johnson's interesting to me. I, I've the varied skill set is interesting, and six nine, like you said, you can't teach six nine. Like he's got the best size of like all of these guys, basically. Like there's this yep. whole range. Yep. There's this whole range of top ten, top twelve guys 
from Cade to Kaminga to Springer, uh, who's more of a guard, um, Moody, Keon Johnson, uh, I don't know, you know, Matherin, Zaire, Book Knight. Like these guys are all like <laughs> wing to forwards, but nobody, yeah. none of them, none, they're not six nine, any of them. So no. that's just helpful. It's not the only thing that matters, but it does give him a little bit of a leg up in some of these things. Yep, I, I, I'm. I'm still pretty firmly on the Jalen Johnson train. I just don't think it can be top 10. I just don't know. Partly because I don't think any team's going to do it. Like I, I, I had Pokoshevsky second last year and I stand by that, <laughs> but like no NBA team would have done that. No, no, he was never going to go second. He so. was not. That is true. And that's why, you know, big boards versus like reality is not always. Yeah. Uh, and it's... T- different teams. Some teams are going to have Jalen. Then I'm going to have him. They're going to put a strike through his name. And some teams could have him like six or seven. Cause he, the talent is that level. Like, yeah. Um, oh, you mentioned we, we talked about him a little bit in part one for a second, but I wanted to ask you, uh, as a follow up on Kispert because Kispert, um, from Gonzaga, of course, sharpshooter, he's old, as you said. There's, um, I, I mean, he's he's senior aged, he's not like, yeah, he's not incredibly old, but he's he's, he's older. Um, yeah, he's senior. It's interesting to me that he got the helium in a way that guys don't like I expected Corey Kispert to be a guy that people like me and you that watch college basketball a lot by the end of the season we're like guys this guy's good he should be a first round pick draft him and that's still true but now he's like seen as a lottery guy pretty much by everybody or close to it that surprises me not in a bad way I'm in, kind of encouraged by it that people aren't getting bogged down in the fact that he's a old white shooter um but is it almost going too far? Like, is he? I've seen him as high as like seven or eight. Yeah, that's too. That's too far. That feels okay, high. Like I said, you can't take twenty-three-year-olds that high. I don't care. That, that if you can't take twenty-three-year-olds who aren't like you would take. Like, how old is Tim? Tim Duncan was twenty-one, twenty-two. But like, that's that's different. Like right now, you would not. You, you can't. Tim Duncan be the number one pick after his freshman year, probably. Um, yes. And we can talk about that in a second. Uh, <laughs> Kispert, Kispert, I mean, Kispert, the thing is, he's just shooting 47% on, like, almost 11 threes per 100, and he's shooting 80% of the, like, he's just... I mean, he's an awesome shooter. <laughs> that, <laughs> that offense, that offense, well, he's just, he, he was always a good shooter. He's become the lead perimeter, like, the main scorer on the best contract team in the country. Uh, throwing out the one in five games where Timmy just turns into Hakeem Olajuwon, but... um. Like he's their best player, and that's that includes Jalen Suggs, who's been great. Like Kispert is is the lead guy. He's the, he's the guy on the number one team, and he he plays in a way that like he shoots. Part of it is like the way he shoots. Like he shoots. This is a dumb comparison, but it was the thing you always heard with Mahomes that it looks different. I've I've said it before. Kispert just it it looks like he's going in every time he shoots it. Yeah, and like sure that Jason Capono did that, but Jason Capono wasn't like good at basketball. Like. I, yeah, I feel like the idea of him is just like Joe Harris, but like a little more advanced. And like, if he's that, then you take him top 20 for sure. If he's Joe Harris, you take him top 20. Like, Joe Harris is good. Um, I just, I, I would caution against any 22, 23 year old in, in the top 10, especially in, in a class that has a lot of guys. Like, maybe last year, he could be like eight or nine. I'd be okay with that. It was the same player. But even this year, even though this year, like the 10 to 20 is still probably a little more flawed than you usually want there's still so many guys to that top six or seven that i, I i'm good yeah I, i'll take a swing on kaminga i'll take a swing on on springer or keon over over cory kisberg because like 
in five years, Corey Kispert's going to be 20, almost 29 years, like 28, 29 years old. Right. I mean, he'll probably age pretty well, you would imagine. Um, But at the same time, I don't know. It's, it's a, in five, in five years, Jaden Springer will be 23. He'll be ending his age 23 season. So like, that's not even, it's not even close. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that there is definitely a world in which I'm talking about Kispert a lot um, for the Hawks in three months, depending on where the Hawks are drafting. If the Hawks are drafting at 15, then yeah, I mean, sure. If the Hawks miss the playoffs and you know end up at you know, nine, ten, then maybe less. We'll see. But I like him. A lot. I might, I might even be. You, you could convince me. I don't know if a team like the Hawks would do it, but you could convince me to go for Zaire Williams over Kispert if I'm drafting for upside. Because Zaire what do you Williams make of what do you, what do you make of him? Yeah, I mean Zaire Williams was a guy who I saw I saw a lot of people have in their top five coming in the season. He's had kind of a weird year um, at Stanford, and also he's at Stanford, so he just gets seen less as well, which is interesting. Yeah, um, every time I've watched him, he looks good. Like the he moves well, the shot is incredibly. It just looks great. Like he he competes hard. He just hasn't. Been able to stay healthy enough and string together. I mean, he's shooting. What is he? He's like a forty-seven true shooting. Like he's can't hit shots right now, and he's not physically developed at all. He's not ready to play in the Pac-12, which is uh, the famously physically. Well, the, the, the not not only not, not only not a good league. It's like that famously physically brutal Pac-12. We're also <laughs> familiar with. Yes. Like the SEC is down a little bit, but the SEC is still tough. Like like you know, Eve Pons plays there. Like that's a big boy league. Yeah, I, I Pac-12 is. I don't know. I don't know what to think about Zaire, but I could. I mean, he's 19. That's the thing. Four years is a huge, is a lifetime in development. I mean, look at how good. Look at four year what like Giannis in 2013, Giannis in 2017, or like OG Ananobi in 2016, OG Ananobi in 2020, or like I don't know. I mean, four years ago, John Collins was not was not playing in NBA basketball, and he's how much better is he now than then? A hundred times better. Yeah, I mean, four uh, years, four years in that in that age window, in that age window is an eternity. I mean, it's just it's what, a lifetime. It's what yeah. it is. Um, and no, I like one, that. I, one year is like a uh, enough to make me move a guy up over. Well, 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 yeah, four of course, years, is... of course. And Zaire's a weird. I mean, it's a. I don't know if the word. I don't. I don't know if the word is weird, but a weird case because of what you said. Like the the, the ball's just not going in the basket. Like, yeah, it's hard to overlook that. When, but it it all like he wasn't supposed to be a bad shooter. You know what I mean? No. So there's an outlier aspect to that potentially and the injuries and Stanford and I don't know. He's a really well, it was definitely, con- it was concerning when he came out into Stanford wearing a huge leg brace for basically yeah. no reason. You don't love and that. he was getting, he was getting his feet under him and then he got hurt again. And then he had to miss, he had a, uh, he had a funeral, I believe something, some kind of personal family thing. He even, he missed, it took him another week and a half after that to get back to quarantine. So like, He's played, I think he's played 20 games, but he's also like his conditioning is off. It's just, I'm going to keep him top 30 just because of the talent. So, like, uh, if the talent pans out, then he's a better player than Kispert. If it doesn't, then you take the old guy. Yeah. Um, and the the other non freshman other than Kispert that's generally a lottery pick is Book Knight um, from UConn. Um, well, Ty, Kai Jones is a sophomore, technically. Oh, is he really? <laughs> I didn't even yeah. realize that. He, Played he did he played like two hundred minutes last year. Oh, he was saying, not am I an ready. idiot? I had I had I had no I thought Kai Jones was a freshman this, this entire time. I'm not nope. I'm not afraid to admit that. I thought he was a freshman. Nope. He's a sophomore. Okay, I missed that. So 
I lied, but uh, James Booknight is a guy who is a lottery guy. Um, well, legitimate sophomore because he played like 1,200 minutes. He played a lot of minutes last yeah, year. Yeah, he was, I mean, he was on everybody's, you know, best returners to watch mm-hmm. list coming into the season and has lived up to that and more, honestly. He's been, he's been better than I thought he was going to be. Um, what do you think of him? Because he hasn't gotten quite the hype of some of the guys that are on this list because, you know, he's not a freshman, um, but he's been like genuinely good at basketball um, and is, I mean, it's night and day when you watch it. I've seen UConn without him and UConn with him, and it's like not even they're the same brutal. program. Brutal. Yeah, yeah, I tried to watch them. They're brutal. Because <laughs> uh, they have a couple other guys who are like interesting fringe guys, but yeah. Book Knight is, is just electric with the ball. That's He's really just a good shot creator. He's only shooting 30.2% from three, even though he should be a good three-point shooter. I think his projected was in the mid-30, mid mid-high mid 30s. But he just has like, he has that, that it, that just with the ball in his hands, he has that intangible it factor it's just like he can create for himself and he just defense is pretty good for a six five kind of smaller wing and yeah i i have him at 15 because i'm not super like i'm not convinced him as like a super starter but he seems like pretty good bet to be a a plug and play scorer like there's so many of those guys now too like jordan clarkson's value is going through the gone through the roof like six four, six five, six six guys who can create off the dribble. Like those guys are gonna. Malik Monk is re- absolutely de- rejuvenated the last few months, and maybe the Lamelo factor, but he just looks better. And like those guys are gonna. Kevin Porter Jr. Those kind of guys. I mean, he is extenuating circumstances, but he still fits into that mold. And like those guys, you can't trade for those guys right now. Like you no. can't, because that's a guy who can win you several playoff games. And like. Yeah, Book Day is going to be, I think, what that class guy. He's, I wouldn't be that surprised if he's in the back end of the top 10. I don't know if I agree value, value wise, but it's hard to. I don't think, I think whoever takes him is going to be pretty satisfied because, like, the, the ball handling and, and the getting to the rim and, like, again, he can break people off. Like, it, that's just, a, that just gets better and better the longer in your, your, when you get to the league. He just looks like a hooper, too. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. He just looks like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, and he and he just seems like a just a nightmare to, to kind of guard. He's yeah. one of those guys that's going to be. It'll be four years from now, and you'll hear somebody refer to him as a, as a professional scorer on, on a broadcast. Mm-hmm. That's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. I mean, he's that's what he's going to be. And there's there's good versions of that, and bad versions of that. I think he, that's kind of the difference there. Is like he's going to be that. It's just whether he's like super efficient at it or if he's just one of those, you know, pure you know hot and cold score guys. And that's he's a fine. bucket. Yeah, he is. <laughs> is he a problem, though, Brian? But but you know what? You know what those guys all have in common. They all get paid. Yeah, they make oh, a no, lot make of money. money. Yeah, especially now. I mean, even got like Clarkson was a punchline for a long time, and the guy is now number one. He's now good, um, but mm-hmm. number two, he's he got a lot of money. That's those guys' mm-hmm. points uh, get paid. That's what happens. <clears throat> um, okay, before we get to the consensus top five, and I think that's not even necessarily your top five, but. I want to ask you about the Tennessee guys. So Keon Johnson, Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson is the one that's more like universally in the top 10 and Jaden Springer seems to be an internet favorite. Um, Despite, you know, what's weird about that is I'll read the stats on your second. You tell me which guy sounds like a, Oh, I, know, I, I, I did this actually, but I want you to do it too. But that it's kind of funny because I had that note basically to say like, why is this? But I've been fascinated because you were not the only person that I, that I trust that has this that has Springer quite high but I've seen him like kind of shockingly low in some mainstream places so I I don't really understand what the disconnect is there um it's aesthetics 
Like Springer is not like an like I'm not saying he's like hard to watch play basketball. He's a two foot jumper who kind of plays like he just kind of bowls people over, and like is a good not spectacular ball handler. And he, he he's one of those guys who just kind of piles up points slowly. Like when he had 30, I don't think he ever had like it was he had like I mean he had like 13 in the first half and 17 in the second half, and it was like a, he had like 14 free throws. So it was like. One of those college games where you look up and the guy's like got twenty six points. You're like, how did that happen? Um, but no, I mean he's six foot four, two hundred plus pounds, doesn't turn nineteen until well after the draft, and is shooting. I don't know what he's shooting from two, but he's shooting forty seven percent from three and eighty percent from the line. He's not taking as many threes as he should, but that's part of the uh, Tennessee's had spacing issues all year. They're just suffocating themselves. Seventy percent at the rim, positive assist turnover ratio. Uh, 51 free throw rate, 514, which is uh, very high. <laughs> um, 18, 5, and 4 per 36. Good steal percentage. Like, there's statistically, there's absolutely nothing that says he's not a top five player. And he's young and he's powerful. And, and like, he just is a good basketball player. It's just aesthetics. He doesn't do cool sizzle. He doesn't have the sizzle plays, really. He just is. Gets the ball into the he just goes around picks, puts his shoulder into guards, knocks him out of the way, goes right through big men, gets fouled, hits layups, hits corner threes, and just like uh is not beaten by any by almost any anyone off the ball. Like he's just good. And like the comparison, this is a dumb and bad comparison, A, because he's <laughs> three inches shorter, but like it is a little bit like how it took people a couple years to realize Jimmy Butler was a star player because he wasn't out there he doesn't dunk very often he doesn't hit a lot of pull-ups but he just Jimmy Miller just goes past people and gets fouled that's what he does and Jaden is a different player he's more of a guard he's gonna have the ball more and is de- developing pretty well as like a passer but that's what Jaden is he's just a bull he just pulls through people gets fouled hits his foul shots hits threes plays defense he's extremely effective and he's uh I think the one of the three or four youngest college players in the draft so there's no reason he's not that time big sounds pretty good to me that's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I will take I take a swing on that guy to be my star. I think he's the most. I think he's the third most likely guy to be a star. I just have I have uh, Suggs and and Jalen Green ahead of him because Suggs just seems obviously good, and then Jalen is such a great athlete that like the shooting is real. So like you kind of have to like you kind of have to buy in on him at, at this point. It's it's really hard to to dispute his. He's been good. He's been really good in the G League, in a tough league. Yeah. So. Um, we'll come back to those guys in a second. Um, I do want to take a Keon, second. Go ahead. Keon is the exact opposite. That's the thing I was going to get to. Yeah, go ahead. Well, with um, with Keon, the difference is that like his production has not been good at all. Really, it's been very. He's looked like a freshman who's a little overwhelmed, but like the, the he's not a very good shooter. He has no confidence in his range on his shot. Like he has to take a lot of inside the it, like two dribbles inside the free throw line pull ups, but they look fine. Um. The difference with Keon is that he's like his sizzle plays are insane. He has some of the biggest dunks of the year. He gets way above the rim. He's got some crazy blocks. Like when it comes together, when he's getting these steals where he leaps across the lane and like looks like Zaire Smith used to, which is you know makes me sad. But like, yeah, Keon is Keon is a a guy that 
he's also so good at like just finding the ball and putting it in the basket, like on loose balls and, and offensive rebounds. That if he becomes a shooter, I think he could be a star. The question is just like what kind of like what value does that have the NBA teams? They're not going to take him over Jalen Green. They may not even take him over like Book Knight or uh, uh, what was his name? I mean, probably probably Kisper, but um, I was sticking to the other wing guy. Uh, Suggs. Suggs isn't a wing. I was thinking Suggs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're not going to take the guy okay like that over a proven like good player. But Keon, I mean, Keon is one of the best half in several years. He's an insane athlete. It's really you can't overstate it. How f how he glides, how far out he jumps from for a six five guy. Like Keon will win a dunk contest if he goes into one because he just has that kind of athleticism. It just looks different. Yeah. Um. It's kind of hard to talk about. Like uh, Keon's also awesome at defense, but that that was a given, really. Well, defense is just optional, Brian. I'm not sure if you understand that. People people don't care about that ever. So. It seems to matter less and less, but like Keon will provide value guarding. I, I've actually been happy. Like Rick Barnes is not always my favorite guy, but Rick Barnes has just given Keon the ball a lot off the bench and kind of made him into a point guard. And I think it's actually helped him a lot. Like he looks better handling the ball than he did before Tennessee. But I think, I think he's going to end up falling in the late, in the late top 10, 12, 13 area. But I, I think he will work out. I'm very confident. I would, I would imagine part of, the fact that both these guys and especially Springer are so much lower for some people is that they're, they just haven't like, they're just not in huge roles for Tennessee. Like Tennessee mm-hmm. had this, I had always had all these vets and um, it was a weird situation and Barnes did end up playing them a little bit more late, let them do a little bit more as the season went along, but they're not like in the same showcase spot as a lot of these other guys are. Um, yeah. Tennessee's very deep, deep and old and, you know, defense first and all that stuff. Yep. Anyway, um, before we get into the, what I think is mostly consensus top five. Uh, I want to take another break to hear from our sponsors on the podcast today. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And while football may be over, the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. They have soccer, they have hockey, they have tennis, they have auto racing, anything your heart desires, you can bet on it at betonline.ag. And in fact, they have awards, TV shows, and reality TV on top of that. And of course, March Madness is coming. That's something you definitely want to circle on your sporting calendar. But online.ag has everything that you need to check in on all of the action. They have real-time updated odds and props on anything that you want. And they also have you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website right now, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. That is a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. One more time, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Brian. Um, there is a top five that I think is mostly consensus. I think you um, might have other guys in this top five as well. It's but, the guys you hear about the most, yeah. Yeah, it's it's Kate Cunningham, it's Evan Mobley, it's the two Jalens, Green and Suggs, and then it's John DeCaminga. Obviously, Green and Kaminga are in the G League elite. Um, Kaminga, go ahead. Ignite, not elite. Oh, God, why don't I say that? Ignite. Um, <laughs> they are the, they're not the elite of the G League was anymore. This, was, this, was it supposed to be G League elite at one point? I think that was the first name, yeah. But Yeah, I think Ignite. that's just kind of been in my head the entire time. Um, anyway, well, elite, elite isn't a flavor of Gatorade, so... <laughs> That's why they're not. Fair point. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the five you hear about. Um, they're all different. Uh, I want to save Cade for the end, but I will just ask one question first about Cade. 
is this a situation for you where Cade is in the tier by himself? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wavered a little bit, but then he scored 40 points against the top 10 team on national television and looked like looked like he could do that at any point if he chose to. And yeah, he, he's just way better. Cade is Cade is a monster. It's what's weird about Cade, and honestly, we don't need to talk about him too much. What's weird about the way people are talking about Cade is like they're they, people have been looking for reasons without him because all last year and all coming into this season, it was like, well, I don't know if he can shoot. He's one of the best shooters in the draft. Like he's he's shooting forty one percent from three, and yep. he's taking like almost eight. For, like he's a great shooter, eighty five percent. And, pl- and playing with no space around him, basically. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Self creating, like taking dead leg Luka Doncic jumpers. Like Cade's an amazing shooter, and now it's just like, well, he's just a turnover rate is like. He plays with guys like Oklahoma State's a good team. Those guys can't score. Like they're bad scorers. I stopped counting because after the first five games, he had like thirty-five or forty, not potential assists, but like assists that he should have had because got but guys couldn't catch a ball properly. And like I just stopped counting. He he should be averaging seven assists a game, and he will be averaging five, six, seven on a when he's on a team with other NBA players. There's nobody else on this team who will play in the NBA. I can almost guarantee that unless Isaac likely gets like a 10 day and like maybe Rondell Walker. It's not a good, it's not like a high talent team. They just, they're good at defense and they, they're all pretty good athletes and Mike Boynton's a solid coach. So they're, and they have the, the most talented player in the country. So they're a top 15 team. That helps. It helps to have the best player in the country on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Kate, I don't want to, we, we, we could do plenty on Kate at some point. Like he's, he's awesome. I, I've had him number one the entire time. Granted, I've not mm-hmm. watched these guys as much as you have, but um, it, it is, it was inevitable that we were going to have a couple of cycles where people just had to say that he wasn't number one. That was kind of always going to happen. The first one this year was when Suggs had a great start and it was like Joan Suggs, number one. And then there was a brief Kaminga flash when the G League, when, when the G League season started. Um, that's going to happen. I just think that for most people, Kate is number one and it's, fairly easy to see why I I guess people might doubt the burst that has been his one doubt pretty much the entire time I guess but I I think it's fine when you're six seven like he's not gonna he's not if he was small and not bursty then I would worry but he's he's huge like I don't know I don't have too many concerns sounds sounds like you probably don't either at this point nope almost none basically Uh, basically zero concerns whatsoever yeah he's pretty good okay we we can move on from there um I guess we can I want to lump uh, the two Jalen's together. I know often okay. they talk about the G League guys together, but I'm going to not do that here. Um, Green and Suggs are both like what six four, maybe six five. Six, four. And, yeah, um, and maybe those guys are six five. Yeah, they're kind of competing in this in this, in the same lane. They're different players, but they're kind of in that you know that next perimeter, you know, next guard spot. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Suggs, I love quite frankly. Uh, it's easy to see why. I will say, and I've said this before on the on the show. You cannot have a better situation than he was in. <laughs> nope. uh, but I liked him already when I'd seen before college. So I'm not like, this isn't just, it's not just Gonzaga, but uh, he is, he has been good there. Uh, he's very smart. I like all the stuff about him. Green, I've seen less of, cause he's just played less in this, uh, this season, but you know, he's had some nice flashes. He's a great athlete. What do you make of those two guys? And who do you like more? I like Suggs a little more. I, the Suggs thing is like I feel bad because it's it feels like Jaw a couple years ago where it's like this guy's awesome, he's yeah. an awesome player. He's gonna go. T- he should go top. He's definitely going to the top five. He probably oh, yeah. should be the third pick. And like he's cool. He plays really hard. He plays like his hair is on fire. He's really smart. He played. Hey, hey Brian, did you know? Did you know he, he played quarterback in high school? 
Did you know that? He did play quarterback. Did you know, that, you know who else played quarterback in high school? Uh, Kate Cunningham. Uh, <laughs> did he actually play quarterback? <laughs> you heard that one. I did not know that, actually. I don't know, in high school, but he was a quarterback. Yeah, Cade was a quarterback. There you go. I um, um, I'm kidding, by uh, the way. For, for, for listeners that may not know this, uh, every single time you watch Gonzaga, someone mentions that Jalen Suggs played quarterback and was the all-state quarterback or whoever he was. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Yeah, he was in Minnesota. Famous yes. quarterback hotbed. Um, yeah, he's a five-star, though. He probably would go to Ohio State. So, like, he would, he, would be a, he would be a college football player. Well, he made, he made um, the he right made choice. choice that's what he's going to make a lot more money. Yeah. Um, no, um, I'm with you. By the I way, I mean, like maybe he'd be a good football player, but, but like, yeah, I don't know. He's an awesome secondary passer. He's a good defender. He could shoot. I still think like it's a little bit of the Io Desunmi thing I was talking about, a much smaller degree. But like, is he a good enough ball handler to just walk into a defense and like three, four dribbles get into the paint? Eh. He also has the football thing, and he has the thing where he's been such a good athlete his whole life where he kind of just throws himself into people sometimes because he thinks he's going to get calls, which he probably will in the NBA. But, like, sometimes you get your shot block doing that. And these are nitpicks because, like, he's extremely well-rounded overall. He's I mean, he's a guy, he's 18, 7, and 6 in three stocks, 62 shooting. shooting. I mean, his three-pointers fell off a little bit, but anything above 30 in college, like, you'll shoot. Uh, good assist turnover ratio, shoots well at the rim. Like he's good at pretty much everything, and he, like I said, he plays with fire. He's really smart. Like it seems impossible that he's not going to be good, but I, I want people to look at him more. Like I mentioned George Hill before. I think like more aggressive George Hill is kind of what he is. Of like George Hill, who has been the best, has had multiple seasons where he's been one of the best shooters in the NBA, and he's been an incredibly valuable secondary guard. Don't know if Suggs is going to be like, is he going to be Lillard? Is he going to be like a, a guy who can take 35 shots a game? No, I would, I would, I would guess not. Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's impossible, <laughs> yeah. but if the answer, if the, if the question is, is he Lillard? I'm going to generally just say no to that. Uh, no, a, probably not. And I'll probably um, uh, be good most of the time on that answer. Because Lillard's, Lillard's, I mean, like, it's, so. Again, like Lillard is an excellent. You even that even if you redrafted that draft now, you would take Anthony Davis over him. Yes, you would. You'd have yes, to. You would. Even if I think Lillard has been more valuable for so long, like there's been segments where he's been a more valuable player. Um, I mean, we, we've seen we've seen that Anthony Davis I mean, has a title. Yeah, we've also seen this is more of a one off, but we, we've also seen Dame be the best player on a bunch of like 51 teams. Um, and mm-hmm. AD kind of never was that. And now granted that wasn't all his fault, but uh, <clears throat> I, I agree with all of that. Basically like there have been seasons in which Dame has been more valuable, but everyone between, between all the stuff he can do between age and all that, you would, you would take AD for sure in the draft there. Yeah. But regardless. I'm not, I'm not sending that, that comparison up for anything at all in the future. Don't think anything about it. I'm sure um, it will not. I'm sure the name Evan Moby will not, will not be mentioned momentarily. I'm sure that's not going to happen. Um, uh, but no, Suggs, I mean, Suggs is awesome. There's basically no reason to doubt him. I just think, uh, and I, I don't want to say because a lot of stuff I said about him with Jaw is obviously not true. Like, Jaw gets to the rim. Jaw's, like, the concern with Jaw was just that he's he's so physically weak. He seemed so physically weak because he's playing in college where refs allow people to get hit in the face all the time. Um, but no, like, Suggs, Suggs is awesome. I, I think he's he's basically locked into three. Jalen Green's gonna have to start putting some like thirty-five point games together to really jump him. By but, the way, uh, how many more games do they have? I think one. 
to say, it's, I feel like, I feel like there, it's pretty close to being, and we're recording this again on, on Friday. We probably won't be hearing it until early next week, but I feel like he won't have that many more chances. And granted, both both Kaminga and Green are going to look good in a workout, so they'll probably have some buzz later on. Man, Jalen Jalen's going to look amazing at work. But they're not going <laughs> to play basketball now, like f- yeah, for a while. That's the thing about this weird. I would say though, I I would understand if, let's say the Wizards got well, maybe not the Wizards because they have Beal, but if a team that doesn't have like, if one of the teams that kind of needs doesn't have like the guy, and they they got three and they were like Green or Suggs, I can understand Green because Green does seem to have more potential to become that kind of guy who gets those easy buckets all the time. Um. But then again, I don't know. The, the I could just start talking about him because he's so thin, and he, he like plays fearlessly. It's not a, it's not a question of of like will. It's just like he's not a good enough ball handler to blow by people on ball, and he gets a, he he gets like he's been hunted more than once in the G League, just by teams putting on like I don't know if it was London Perantes, but like big guards will just blow past him. And like he gets, he can get the corner on basically anybody, but he can't hold it when he's driving past them. So he gets knocked off his spot. He's getting fouled a lot, and he's hitting his foul shots. Like that helps, but um, it's helped a little bit too. He looks better off ball, like as a cutter, he's awesome. Because if you take your eye off him, he's gone. Like he's he's at the rim, way above the rim finisher. Like defense is not good. It's never going to be good. Passing is no. fine. You know, like not notably bad. He's not like a black hole but he's not really creating anything out of and anything that that's honestly my this might be just my personal preference but that that's the thing that i don't love and not yeah. like you said i agree it's not like it's a disaster but i, I have a hard time with six four you know lead scores that are not very good passers that's not my that's something that i just don't love it's not like you can't develop it and there are guys who had succeeded for like bradley beale's a good example actually you mentioned the wizards like he's not a great passer and but he's really good um so it's well, not, you know the the guy the guy the the current all star who's going to get I think Jalen's going to get comp to is Levine, and yeah, I, mean, I can see why. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that outcome. Like what Levine is right now, I could see it happening. I could also see him being like Jared Smith. Again, Jared Smith is a long time pro. Had a good career, but well, people no have forgotten. Would... I know. I know you have. <sighs> people have forgotten because Jr. was older when he was with the Cavs and got famous, but Jr. Yeah. was a was a high school guy who was a freak athlete, like uh special talent at one point. And it just didn't like, it's not like they didn't work. Like to, to your point, he had a good career he, he had a he fight, played for he had a long time, yeah. but he was not, that was not his upside. Like people were thought Jr. might be a super duper star at some point. And that's, that yeah. People Jr. Jr. was one of the guys who got the, uh, the famous Deshaun Stevenson equals Michael Jordan NBA draft net thing. <laughs> He's one of those guys who was like, this guy's gonna be even up to his like 26, 27. It's like, is this year Jared Smith becomes a superstar? And wasn't, like, he, no. wasn't he going to UNC? I think he was. Yeah, I think so. If he actually went to college, I think he was God, going that to would UNC. have been that would have been horrible. But, well, I I'm just thinking because that, that that also adds to any any Jordan comparison gets magnified when you're about to go yeah. to UNC. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, I mean I, I'll say that's like the low end for Jalen because I think he's gonna be an effective scorer in the NBA. And he's gonna get to he's, when he gets he's finishing really well at the rim. It was in the eighties before, so like when he gets there, he finishes. If he if he doesn't get bumped off of his spot, so I'm I'm not like I don't have any real reason to be super low on Jalen. I just think the physicality thing is gonna be a real issue for a while, 
and he's but he's got to continue being like a 35 plus percent shooter like if he falls under that for long periods of time he's not going to have the space to really work off ball and he's not going to be able to create he's not a good enough creator but i still have him four for now because again he's playing he's playing in a better league than any of these guys are he just is like the d league has more talent than any single yes. college conference because and I, I tell this people all the time people make fun of the g league Every single guy in the G League was the best player on his college team, and it was like all like it's pretty much a collegiate all star circuit. Yeah, there, there's just no question whatsoever. I mean, this is the dumbest thing that we do every year. It was the same thing that they did with about, about Doncic and guys that play in the Euro League. It's like the Euro League is better than college, like we don't have to do this. Like, yeah, the Euro League is, yeah, and, and a couple not, of not, the, not, all, not all of them, obviously. I mean, yeah. I'm talking about like the top, the top, top leagues in Europe are better than college. The G League is a, it's, it's to your point, it's so clearly better than college because like these guys were all good in college, all of them. Yeah. And now they're adults and like they're full blown. <laughs> there are, there are 28 year olds in the league. Yeah. That's the thing that gives me a little, a little more confidence about Jalen is that he's not been completely overwhelmed, like no strength wise against adults. Yeah. Yeah. So that that make that gives me that's one of the things that I give it gives me more confidence. But I do think he's gonna hit a he's gonna hit a threshold that's like a strength threshold. Because <clears throat> I've said this before, Steph is the only top twenty player in the NBA who's not like, not even above it, like freakishly strong. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe Anthony Davis, but like, <laughs> if Anthony Davis when he plays four, when he plays four, he he obliterate he like shows fours around. Well, and if you look at Anthony Davis. Like the guy's got, I mean, he, he's still, he's still quite strong. He's, he's definitely wiry, but yeah, if he's playing the four, like he's got, I mean, look at his shoulder. I know, I know he wears the shoulder like sleeve thing now. So you can't tell that guy, he's still huge. Like that. He's not a, he's not a frail individual. Like he's skinny for a five, but yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of another guy who is on that, on that level that isn't because even, okay, this is a good example. Even a guy like Trey Young, who is known to be small, Trey Young is jacked, man. Like mm-hmm. Trey Young is very strong for his size. Yes. Well, I said top, I said top twenty players, though. Well, I know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> shots fired at this on this Hawks podcast. But you know what I mean? Like, even a guy who is considered to be small, and he yeah. is, is Trey Young. Like guys bounce off him. Like he's not yeah. getting. He doesn't get bowled over very much. Lillard like, really is, is a Lillard is a tank. Oh, Lillard is a, yeah, obviously. Yeah. LeBron is the strongest human being that's ever lived. Obviously, <laughs> I mean he's he's never going to be. Uh, he's not. There's even no evidence. Ev- so, yes. yeah, there's, there's 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 not evidence that he's not really. Uh, Harden is a monster. Like, I guess Durant, but I think Durant's gotten a lot stronger. And Durant, Durant is like the ultimate. Like you, you can't. He's exception to all rules. He's Kevin Durant. He's just not a natural occur. He, he's not a naturally occurring figure. He's not something you see. You can't plan for Kevin Durant. Um. Doncic is strong, and Giannis is frighteningly strong. All these guys, like their strength, is is one of the big separators as far as superstars go. Kawhi, Kawhi is infamously strong. Yes. So, like, yeah, and like, if, if I don't think you have to have that to be very good, but I think if you if you don't have a certain level, like a certain frame, it's you're just gonna get beat up. Like, this is the thing. Levine had that problem for years, and I think Jalen will probably. NBA people always say, don't worry, like we can put strength, we can put muscle on a guy. But I think it will, har- I think it does harm you in the short term. And I think if you're comparing, if you're trying to overtake a guy like Suggs, I think that's enough because Suggs is, Suggs is pretty built. Yeah. So that's, that's really the big separator for me. Like just wear and tear too. Like Jalen's been healthy in the G League so far and 
seems like a tough, like a pretty tough dude, but I think that can, you know, those little bumps and falls, they, they add up and they can make, they can take a month out of your season before you know it. Yeah. That, and then, you know, durability matters and all that stuff. I, I, I also lean Suggs. I got a, I got more to watch on both those guys, but I also would lean Suggs, and I think they they're gonna get, they're gonna get compared a lot, and they should. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, mm-hmm. that's what the draft process needs to be. They're the same size basically, and um, that'll be interesting to kind of wade through. Um, Kaminga, I feel like you're a little bit lower on. I might be wrong. Um, he's just he's 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 noticeably not trying now. He just I, I, he, I heard, I think he's done. I yeah, think he's done too. He got he hurt his foot, I think. Yeah, I I, I saw that. Um, I, I heard this question. I can't remember. I apologize if whoever it was that said it, if they're listening, I, I doubt they are. Um, somebody somebody said this on a podcast. I can't remember who it was. Uh, that Kaminga's jump shot is like the biggest swing skill in the whole draft. Yep. Is that true in your, yeah, in your mind? Because okay. it's just so unstable. It's like the balance is so bad. He has, he has moments where he gets the ball like 17, 18 feet. And he can get to his spots real easily and has like a really good lift and it looks great. And then like, and then sometimes he just looks like he's never shot. Like it's just really inconsistent. And now he'll get better at that. I'm, I only, lower, I mean, I lowered him a little because he just, he played really hard the first four or five games. And I think he kind of proved his point. Like he, he knew it was sort of like, I'm going to go top five or six. And like, yeah. I think he, I think he both got banged up a little bit. And I think he just kind of, just kind of detached a little bit. I, I'm not going to say he quit on his team. That's not fair to say to him. No. No, I don't think that's fair to say to anybody, but like, I think he just the motor kind of wavered, and he just kind of. I'm sure. I'm sure you saw it. I mean, there, there was a there was a wave of like Kaminga number two. Can he challenge Cade stuff for like a week? You know what I mean? When he when he when he came out of the gate flying in the in the bubble, that was all. I mean, there. that's and, the guy. I I would have told you t- ten months ago or so. I would probably would have had it if I knew he was. The rumor was he's going to be in this draft class. I might have had him at two at one point because the physicality is overwhelming i was gonna say the guy I'm six seven six eight ish like he's and really good athlete strong like he does he checks every box that you want is if he yeah. can shoot and it makes sense to me like I, I got more to watch on him but the passing looked good with like, what you yeah with what i saw on on tape and the couple games that i watched in the in the <clears> bubble <throat> if that guy can make jump shots like it's not hard to see why that why he would be a star. Like it's very easy to see how that would happen. He has every trait that you would want. So he's not been a dominant player yet. Is the thing. He's more he's a toolbox player at this point. And like maybe that comes together, and maybe it doesn't. But I think he'll go top five. He kind of has to. I feel like. Oh, it, it would stun me if he didn't, just because of the of the tools. Like you said, I mean, mm-hmm. how many teams in the league would fall over themselves to have a guy who theoretically can do all of what he can do at six, seven, like basically mm-hmm. every team in the league would want, would want that. Um, and he's so strong, like you said, and he reclassified up. So it's not like he has any age concerns. Like he's, well, we can't say that for sure. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll leave that there. <laughs> I'm going uh, to that box that I want to open that, that racist box of worms because every African guy gets that, but there is some, I guess there is some consternation of how old is he really? Usually that just means that like he might be a couple months older than he's listed. Which is, which is fine. <clears throat> I mean, he was supposed to be in the 22 class until yeah. What, he was kind of he was a little bit old. Like even if he is this listed age, he's still. I think he, I think he's about the same age as a lot of the freshmen. But um, I don't yeah, know. I mean, I don't, whatever. Yeah, it's still it's like he's still pretty raw anyway. So I think even if he's 20 right now, I still think it doesn't really hurt his. Stock. No, and he has the, the tools. The tools there are uh, are pretty 
impressive. Uh, like I, uh, I had somebody mention this to me, you know, what happens if the Hawks, this is very hypothetical. Obviously it's so early. What if the, if the Hawks get lucky in the lottery and they, and they land it and they land it two? what, what do they do at two basically? And uh, I was like, I was like, well, they trade the pick is what I would do. Well, yeah, that's, that's obviously in play, but I'm thinking just like, you have to make a pick. Who's the best like natural fit. And if, if I think it's probably Kaminga if, if they like him. Yeah. Like you know what just, I would honestly do if I if I was Travis Schlenk, which is a terrifying prospect for me. If they got two, I would trade two and Collins and something else and try and get Bradley Beal. Oh, okay. And uh, I mean, that's a whole other. <laughs> I think, we I, well, into. I think that's the solution. We were talking before about how they're kind of in that glut where they don't really they don't have any needs, so they're kind of just getting more guys until more until somebody sticks. Yep. And I think at at a, at a certain point you need to like sell out for somebody oh this is something that uh i know andrew kelly um, of peace hoops fame has talked about a lot on the show and other places like they they have been the consolidation trade team for a long time that people just talk about and it does make sense like they, they kind of mm-hmm. need to do that at some point if you don't do that you become the blazers yeah which and, and you're at, or they're, they're just really really hoping that somebody pops and maybe, maybe that's hunter like hunter was awesome he seemed like he was yeah um i wouldn't trade him right now i guess oh no I, they and they won't they, they love him they, even before the book out, they were they were all, they were still loving Hunter. I got questions about him all summer long um, after the season about how he, you know, I thought his struggles were overrated his his, his first season. I thought he was pretty much fine, but people uh, were not panicking a little bit, but they were like, you know, to see someone that could trade. I'm thinking, nah, man, they they love that guy. <laughs> like, uh, they like DeAndre Hunter, obviously. So at any rate, um, I gotta let you talk about Evan Mobley before we get out of here because I know you love him so. Uh, it's Mobley time. Uh, yeah. He's a really interesting player, and uh, I'm not sure if divisive is the right word. I just feel like he he's so good that there isn't a lot to be divided about. But you know, it's it's the typical stuff where if you people that people that don't like him are like, well, he doesn't rebound or whatever. Like people start making derogatory Jaron Jackson comps as if Jaron Jackson's bad. It's like, well, no, yeah, oh no, Jaron Jackson. Yeah, exactly. I so to, I would hate to be that guy. I, I will clear out and uh, allow you to talk about Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley doesn't get rebounds because his brother loves getting rebounds. That's why. That's the only reason. He also he does miss out on some defensive rebounds because he loves to run out. He's a big run out guy because he's seven foot one and runs like a gazelle. Um, Evan Mobley has like the most unique intersection of skills of any player, probably since Anthony Davis, where he's like not a dominant low post scorer. But he's such an incredible face-up big, who's an, like a a great passer. Not a good. He's a great passer. I don't I don't care what the assist numbers say. He's an incredible passer, and he does like the Kareem or like the uh, as I sometimes jokingly call it the Harlem Globetrotters on Scooby Doo thing, where he <laughs> just kind of like reaches up and drops the ball into the basket from 17, 18 feet out. Um, he really he routinely releases the ball above the rim on jump shots, and like you you don't you can't you you don't contest that. If he gets to that shot, it's really just a, does he hit it or not. There's nothing you can do to stop it. Um, he's just he's not being credited. Like I really wish if they were if if basketball started tracking altered shots, he would be he would probably be getting like 12 a game with with blocks. He's an incredible both hands does a lot of soft blocks. Does not spike the ball almost ever. He tries to go. He goes for catches, control. He does the Pau Gasol thing, which I call that because I've never seen anyone else do it, where he will get he'll perfectly position himself and he'll put his fingers right at where the ball releases and just kind of flex him down to, 
to just just barely nudge it, and that and th- these are shots that don't get counted as blocks, but they go six seven feet off, and they you know they're obvious they're grabbed by his teammates. He he's a great, just an unbelievable athlete for that size coordination. His hips are thin, which is a concern, but he's a good solid screen setter. But he, he flips his hips so well. He's an just he's the only switch like the the Bam thing has been in vogue now. Like yeah. Bam's the only guy who's actually good at that. Everybody will be good at that. Of like can actually I mean I, I talked about Book Knight when they played Book Knight got past him once and went and went baseline and used the rim and, and scored on him. Book Knight did not get past Evan Mobley for the rest of that game. And he had like seven possessions. And their guys like they played Arizona State and Alonzo Verge, who is an incredible, like he's like six foot one microwave scorer, dribbled around and for twenty seconds and try and three or four different times tried to get past Mobley and, and just passed out. Like he couldn't do it. Every single USC game, especially the first time they played these teams. There's a certain point in the second half where they stop running one five pick and rolls because they can't get past Evan Mobley. And if they try and pass the ball off, he just runs over and steals it or like just sets it down. He's a better defensive prospect than Jaron was to me. And like because he's he's so under control. He um I think he's still under two and a half fouls per forty minutes for a guy who blocks three who's the leading shot blocker in the Pac twelve and like I think third in the country. Has not fouled out of a game. I don't think. Yeah, he may have gotten one. I think he's only had three fouls like five or six times. He doesn't foul. He's just an incredible, like, it's so obvious that he spent the last five years playing against pros. He, he just is not affected by college players at all. He's incredibly dominant. He's not even, he's starting to shoot threes. He's not even really comfortable doing that yet, but he will be a good three-point shooter. There's no reason, like, he's just... He's got the touch. He's got the forms fine. Like he, if you leave him alone, he'll shoot threes. There's no reason to not like him. Like he looks every bit like a foundational player in the NBA. Like a guy who will be on your team for 15 years and you can build around to win a title. Yeah, I, I just, mean, he's just terrific. He's good in, at everything. He he checks he checks so many boxes that it's like hard to pick on stuff I mean obviously that we mentioned the rebounding got everybody's been picked on a little bit but I don't know I I guess the question to push back a little is like what what happens if it's like a median outcome and he's not a star but he's like is he a four like is he doesn't matter be a full-time I know it doesn't know it doesn't, I know it doesn't actually matter but that, these are the questions that, that you're going to hear between now and the draft. The, way, the, the, the outcome where he doesn't become a star is where he just doesn't. I think it is fair to criticize. He's not like the most. He doesn't call for the ball. He's not like. He's not super aggressive. He, that I would put it. But I also like. Do people know who Andy Enfield is? Because that offense is just dire. I, I do. I do and awful. I agree. It's not fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> people like. I. What what's more likely that he and Onyeka Okongwu are both cowards who don't want the ball, or that their coach doesn't know how to get the ball? Like, they won't. They will. People will rotate the ball. He'll be standing five feet from the basket with his hand up, and guys will look at him and then pass the ball out to a guy for his hand. Like they don't. They don't. Throw, they don't throw out their energy passes. They don't run offense for him basically ever. It's gotten better lately, where they just kind of force feed him the ball for the first five possessions. He had a game. Was it the UCLA game? One of his games. He had. 
in the first five minutes, he had six shot attempts and five free throws. And then he went out for a break, came back in with eight minutes left in the first half and didn't get another shot attempt. And it's like at a certain point, it's the guard's fault. Like the guard has to get him the ball. They don't give him the ball. It, it's really frustrating. He's been wide open in the paint and guys will give him the ball. And it's like, it's like they're, they're trying. It's the college thing. You've seen it before. You're a big 10. You watch the big 10 where it's like, no, taking easy shots is for cowards. We can't do that. We, <laughs> we're, we're men of Wisconsin. We're men of Wisconsin. We have to, we have to pass the ball around the outside, around the horn for 25 seconds before we can do anything. And that USC has been, I've actually kind of stopped watching them. It's, it's so frustrating. They are not as good as they should be. And that's a big reason why. Um, but no, I, I generally agree with you on Mobley. I, but they are they are one of the best defensive teams in the country, and it's well, because yeah. of Evan Mobley. I was going to say, it, it helps to have Evan Mobley. Uh, his brother's pretty good on defense, too. Uh, they're they're good. Um, I don't know. I, I like them a lot. It'll be interesting to see how that discussion transpires because, you know, a lot of his value, perceived value, is going to be on defense, and that's not always the sexiest thing in the world. And uh his highlight tape will not be as, as necessarily appealing as Jalen Green's, and we'll see what happens. I don't know, man. I, It'll you, be appealing to you, are, Brian. I'm not saying people are watching the right highlights because he's he he's had multiple like running a five <laughs> four pick and roll, doing like three four dribbles into a step. Well, back and, that, and like, see, see, you say that, and I, you and I would love that, but you know what I mean. It, he's still it's still a big. He's not gonna get the same level of. That's just how this always is. It's just, <laughs> uh, I don't want to overstate it, but I don't know. I'm with you. I have I have Mobley too. I don't think it's all that close right they're, now. They're going to be a top five seed in one of these brackets, and they're gonna he's gonna have some game where he just obliterates them. He, well, some I hope I hope, I hope so. I, I yeah. want I want that for Mobley just so I don't have to hear about how he can't do this and this. I would like for him to have a big game on a big stage. That would be very helpful in the conversation. Not because he needs it to like prove anything to me, but just to have people see it more than anything else. Because you know this. The Pac-12 teams, even by people that are trying to pay attention, they just get seen less. And USC is yeah. not a basketball factory, and I, it's hard. It's a Kongwu was the same way. I mean, this, the Hawks drafted Kongwu, and I would say, even with that endless cycle, most people did not see him play very much. <laughs> they had yep. they 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 had the opportunity to watch all these guys, and but you know, most fans, and I tell myself this all the time too, most fans are not going to go watch like full games of prospects that they have not just seen over the course of college season, just by accident on ESPN. Like no people are, most people are not going to go seek out Evan Mobley highlights or Evan Mobley full games right now. They're just not going to do it. So, yeah. And the weird thing about that is that he actually was a huge Instagram guy before yeah. because, because he was supposed to go to like the two or three years ago, he was supposed to go to UCLA and that became like this big, like the UCLA's new hope, Evan Mobley. And then he didn't go there. And now everyone's like, we hate this guy. Josh Christopher is where it's at. Uh, for for Michigan Mike, Mi- Michigan legend Josh Christopher, Mike, you, Mikey Williams is where it's at. There was there was like there was like an hour, and you you'll know this. There was like an hour in which Michigan was supposed to get Isaiah Todd and Josh and, and, and Josh Christopher, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they got and they got neither of them. And then Michigan's the number two team in the country, so that worked out okay, I guess. But yeah, um, I mean, Josh Josh would help them up, but Isaiah Todd probably wouldn't have played anyway. So uh, he looks fine. He looks like he. I, I was about to say, Cyborg. But... I, I think that I like Isaiah Todd more than I thought I was supposed to like him. Yeah, he's shooting he, recently. So he loves shooting threes. It's, it rules. He does it all the time. He uh, listen. That's probably not the worst thing. If you if you nope. if you don't have to if you, if you don't have to make a guy who has what's it, like six nine six ten. If you if you, a guy like that, if you don't have to make him shoot it, like most most bigs need to shoot more aggressively, and he doesn't have that problem. <laughs> he's willing to shoot. 
uh, I wish I could beg John Collins to shoot more and they're similar sized individuals. So there you go. All right, Brian. Well, we've done a lot. We don't have to do the whole cave thing. I'll have you back after the season probably. And we can talk about cave for an hour if you want. That'd be fun. I'm just going to get annoyed. He's just self-evidently the best basketball player. He's very good. It. He is self-evidently the best player who's not currently in the NBA in the world. Uh, I don't. I don't have an argument against you. I'm, not, I'm trying to Shane up. Larkin. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some guys who are uh, quite good. A lot of good, a lot of good but, European players, but like, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he who's is Shane Larkin the best player in Europe right now? I mean, he was the MVP last year, right? Uh, yeah, MVP. He, I think he, he was. was. Yeah, um, and Shane Larkin was is like a backup point guard in the NBA. So. Yeah, you usually uh, the best player in the draft is the best player. Oh, I'm sorry, Mir- uh, Miritich, Miritich won last year. Well, and he he sh- he would be in the NBA if he if he wanted to be. If he wanted to be, yeah. He turned if down he... lots of money to be in the NBA. <laughs> he turned money from the Jazz, which yeah, maybe he should have taken that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I don't know. I, he's li- he's living in Barcelona, so I'm sure he's having a good time. Life could life could, life could be worse for Nicole Miritich. Um, but yeah, that's probably enough for today. Uh, I appreciate you doing this. Please. Mm-hmm plug anything you have going on uh on your uh in your new twitter your, your new twitter handle and uh live in the dream you're writing for dime over there with me you wrote about things this week you can plug right now as well i don't know what i did a thing about shay you did uh, i'm doing stuff on patreon still uh which is i forget the name i changed it to oh well i've, I've read like it uh i will like i will link it and th- i will uh, yeah i mean no it's good it's good i'm having fun on my new my brand new twitter experience i've never been on twitter before by I'm the way it, it is patreon.com slash brian j nba brian j nba that's right um yeah i'm you now having a good time uh not having to work less or having to work slightly less my cat's not sick good times all around I would recommend uh, the Patreon. I would recommend your stuff on Dime, uh, both NBA and prospect related. It's all there, um, and there'll be more, I'm sure. In fact, I know there will be. So, I am. I'm a patron. I can. I can. I can say that it's not a situation where I have to plug you without um, taking the information, as I probably would anyway. But I, I'm. I'm a patron of yours, so I can say this out loud. There you go. All right, Brian. Thanks for doing this. Um, as for everybody else. Please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell your friends about the show. Check out part one if you missed it. And we'll see you all next time.